Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drogheda. Venno 191 pre-order sales event is now on until Saturday, December 1st. Pre-order your 191 Renault today and avail of low APR finance, cashback and three-year servicing. See blackstonemotors.ie. You're very welcome to Thursday afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. I have a real treat in store, in store for you from the start of the show today. He has a unique and most distinctive voice. And over the years, his popularity is growing. And he's packing out places. He's recording albums. And we're delighted he's on the East Coast today with us. Now, he was here in the summer for the FLA. And he charmed the britches off everybody in Drogheda. And he's with me on Late Lunch today, Sean Keane. It's my pleasure. My pleasure indeed, Janet. Thank you very much for joining me on the show today. My pleasure. You're very welcome. To be back in these courses, you say. (laughs) What about the FLA? How how do you call it from being one of the main performers? It's it's a fabulous event. And uh, I was over here, as you say, during the FLA over here. It it was an amazing buzz. I was here midweek and the place was heaving. There was so many people around. And to walk down the streets, I actually stood at one, one corner of one street, just watching what was going on around me. And the amount of young people that were passing from the age of three or four with instrument cases and playing out in the street, there was a great buzz. It was just an absolutely great buzz. And you brought a terrific performance called Granny's Suitcase. Tell us about that. Well, that's something I devised a few years ago. When I was a child growing up in Calistrana, I grew up in a musical family and all around me could sing. My grandparents on both sides and uh, my aunts and uncles and everybody around me, my brothers, brothers and sisters. I was about 10 years of age or maybe less, maybe seven or eight years of age. And I was singing at the Flat Hules in the competitions. And uh, I asked my grandmother one day for a song. And she said, hold on now a minute, Mark. And she went off into the room and she comes back with an old brown leather suitcase with two old straps in it. And she lifted it up and it sprung open with songs that she had gathered all through her life. She, she, She gathered songs and music and tunes from everybody who would come to call. And she also, she bartered songs. Somebody had come, have you a song? I have, if you give me one. But she developed this collection of songs that was a great source of material for me, especially when I was singing in the Flacules. So I, my mind went back to that one day and I thought, that suitcase, full of songs, it's amazing. And the amount, uh, it's only then that I realised, kind of thought, well, this is something that I need to do something with. So I took all, a lot of the songs that she would have collected. I put them into a show. It's a one-man show. They're unaccompanied traditional songs. I talk about the characters that would come and visit the house, like Kira McMahon and all of the others, Liam Clancy, Willie Clancy and all of those people. So... I decided to put a one-man show together and fair play to the flair. They brought me over here to Drogheda last year and I performed it. We did two concerts in the one day and I think the two sold out. But it was a, a lovely experience. There's something different for me as well. It's a, you never can tell when I go on the stage exactly what songs I'm going to do or what stories I can do. So 
it's kind of it's ad-libbed yeah isn't that the intrigue of it as well they were sold out by the way both of them as your forthcoming gig I'm sure is going to be and we're going to talk about that in a little while because he's coming back to Drogheda uh, later in uh, the month of December the Fla you were a child of the Fla and you grew up in it how many titles did you win? I won 13 All-Irelands in succession I, I started singing at uh, I would say won my first All-Ireland at 7 and I carried up with English and Irish up until I was maybe 14 or 15 until I discovered other things in life. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I kind of left the care, songs... Do you on. care to expand on that? No. <laughs> <laughs> I leave that to your imagination. God knows you have great ones. <laughs> and, uh, uh, yeah, it was a great experience. The, I think the, the highlight of the whole thing, looking back on it, is the camaraderie that was built and the friendships made from singing in the competitions against the lads that I'd be singing against. There was either boys or girls. So I was singing against the boys under 11. I got to know them, like Sir Paul Burns from La Ray, Vinnie Kilduff from Sligo, all the different lads and people that I would meet at the flair. We were seven and eight then, and we still meet up and we still have the, the fun like we, we did back then. <laughs> so I think there's an amazing camaraderie built up through the music and mm. through the, the flair. It's, it's a wonderful thing. Yeah, and know. the competition for children, because down where I live on the north side of Drogheda, the main school there was one of the headquarters. And to see all the people every day of the flair making their way there for the competition from all over the world. World. Yeah, absolutely. I, 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 when we were off air, I was talking about a child that I saw from Wisconsin sitting on a windowsill of a shop up the street there. He on a fiddle and his mother on a concertina. And it wasn't the music, although he was playing wonderfully. It was his gimp. <laughs> a guy from Wisconsin. You would swear he was a 90-year-old from West Kerry or West Clare <laughs> or West Galway. He had all the gimps and the movers. And I just stood in, in, in awe looking at him. I thought, what a wonderful... <laughs> Wherever she got it into him, I think he was just born with it. <laughs> brilliant, yeah. brilliant. A brilliant description as well. Now, you're busy touring and you'll be touring in Ireland December, January and you're only back in from Germany at the weekend as well. But this new album with the RTE Concert Orchestra called Gratitude. Tell us about this. Well, that's something that came around by chance, I suppose, there's a lot of things in my life. Uh, last year, I was invited to take part in Crinia Nikoska in Dublin, uh, out in uh, Phoenix Park, in Stevens Green. And um, it was with the orchestra, and we were doing um, He's My Brother, He Ain't Heavy, He's My Brother. And during the, the, the um, rehearsals, somebody came up to me and said, you know what, that's sounding great. Why don't you do an album with the orchestra? And I thought, oh, bing, maybe we should. And here we are a few months later. I recorded it back in May, or April or May, and then we released it maybe around uh, June or July, something like that. But it's with the RTE Concert Orchestra. It was an amazing experience working with them, something I hadn't... I had worked with a few orchestras before, but never recorded an album with them. So it was just a great experience. And David Brophy, who was conducting it, an amazing man, an amazing energy. And uh, to see him work on the way he, 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 as he says, steers the orchestra, it was just... uh, a great, a great experience. Well, let's hear. Let's hear it for ourselves now on Late Lunch because I want to uh, play a track from the album and it's one you've picked. It's called Somewhere. Why this one, Sean? Well, for this time of the day, it's a little bit up-tempo. It's a song that was released as a single when we released the album and uh, I suppose it's a kind of a representation of what is on the album and it's, again, it's a kind of genre-wise, it's a probably a little bit removed again from what I've done before. From the album Gratitude, Sean Keane and the RT Concert Orchestra heading to our first break on Late Lunch this afternoon. He's going nowhere and he's going to sing live for you in a short while. <laughs> Let's hear it somewhere.
I've created my own heart I've created my own pain I could have walked away I've no one else to blame It was trouble from the start When you first looked at me I should have turned away When I knew you weren't free We flirted and we teased We lured each other in I tried to shut you out But your work would always win From the very start I knew this all the day A severely broken heart With little hope to mend Wonderful Sean Keane is my special guest on Late Lunch this afternoon and we're on Facebook Live now if you'd like to join us and see what's happening here in the studio because Sean is going to sing in a few moments accompanied by the wonderful Mr Edward Holly. Tell you more about that in a second. 
we were talking off mic there, the whole lot of us here, and I know you're a man that's into steel fabrication and building and all that type of stuff. Tell them how many houses you uh, moved from and to and renovated in your life. Come on. We did t- uh, 10 houses in 22 years. Sean. I know, yeah. Come on. But I haven't been right ever since. <laughs> but again, I wasn't right before I did it, was I? <laughs> no, but it, it, it realistically, and, and this is the truth of it, when you recorded your first album, things just went astray and you were in, in real bother, weren't you? Well, yeah. Uh, I had to run in with a record company and like a lot of artists, I got taken to the cleaners and I had to pay for the mess and basically buy myself back out, although I had... Numerous breaches of contract and all the rest of it. But uh, that was the way we had to go uh, because the company just before the court case would come up, they just closed down and open up the following day under a different name and everything. So my barrister says, well, how much money can you raise? But we just had our first mortgage, our first child. So uh, we thought we don't have any money to raise. But we did. And we just big borrowed and stole and we paid them back. But that's what we did have to do in the years yes. after that. And you'd only done a lovely job on what you thought would be your home for life. You had well, to leave that. We actually built the first house we built and yeah. I, I helped build it myself. It was a dream of my father's. Uh, one day when I was a child he said, when I retire I'm going to build an old thatched house here the way they used to build them. And I said, why? Why would you do that? You couldn't build it now. And he says, well if you could build it then, you can surely build it now. He sowed the seed. So when we got married I said to my wife Virginia, I said would you like to live in a thatched house? She said, I would. Okay, we built one. So that was the first one. That was the hardest one to get to, to, to move from as well. But once we had that done, we kind of thought, well, we don't care now. We just waited at it. And we love doing it. Mm. I have a great interest in doing it. I've been engineering all my life as before I went into the music or while I was at the music. But uh, So I've always enjoyed a day's work and... Uh, I still do. And look, he, he he settled down after all these years. He has a place. He's not going anywhere. Well, I didn't say that now. No, 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 <laughs> but, no, no, but you're going to say something else now. Yeah. There's another project that involves two great musical women in your family history, your aunts Rita and Sarah. Tell us about that. Yeah, well, the house where they lived all their lives and where they were born, along with my father and all their brothers and sisters, it was my grandmother's house. Since Rita and Sarah passed on, it was left idle and vacant for the, a number of years. So we got together uh, earlier this year and we said, well, we need to do something with the house. So we began to renovate it, keeping all the decor as much as possible, the furniture, everything as it was. We have to put a coat of thatch on it. But when we have that job done, hopefully in the summertime or even in the spring, we will be announcing we don't know yet. A session house, a venue. Cayley we don't know. House. Cayley House. Something so, like that. Yeah. So we're going to bring it back to the same kind of atmosphere it was in it when Rita and Sarah were playing the music. Oh, you're some boy. He's <laughs> itchy feet, itchy hands, itchy mind. He's always thinking of something to, to do. You mentioned your wife, Virginia. Virginia Burke, who you married in 1989. The love of your life. God, you had one whirlwind romance, boy. Oh, well, we didn't sit around all right. I think we, we met... Uh, we were, we met in kind of January or February and um, at a school concert that she organised and uh, Sharon Shannon, Sean Ryan and myself, we were kind of forming Arcadia at the time. We were invited down to play in the school that she was teaching in. We did that. We were playing in Castle Comer in Kilkenny that night. I invited her along. She came along and as they say, six months later we wanted to get married but the family says oh you can't do that sure we're not ready 
we haven't our hair done or our dresses bought or... Oh, no, you couldn't do that. No, you couldn't. We said, how long do you need? We said, we'll give you another six months. So we got married the following January. <laughs> oh, fantastic. And you would have done it quicker. I know that. Now, we're going to come back, back to Virginia a little later on in the conversation. But uh, I want you to uh, entertain the masses again, as is your forte. I mentioned Edward Holly is here, musical director with St. Peter's Male Voice Choir. And I want to tell everybody now, Sean, you are coming to the Barbican in Drogheda on December the 22nd, a Saturday night with a very special show for Christmas and you've invited Edward and the boys in to do a turn with you haven't you absolutely and this is something that I'm really looking forward to doing it with the choir uh, it's going to be an experience it's, it it's, yeah, I'm is. really looking forward to it because being in the middle of the choir I used to do an odd bit with the vice squad one time and when all the boys would be in harmony you'd be almost levitating and I feel that's what's going to be happening that night well, as well. Will you levitate us for the next few minutes? What are you going to sing with Edward? Well, I don't about levitating you today <laughs> now because uh, I just was at the doctor yesterday with a chest infection and sinus infection. So I, I'd say I sound more like Bor Lives today than I do anything <laughs> a else. A great man, a great man. <laughs> Facebook Live, folks, don't forget we're on Facebook Live. You can see Sean and Edward now. Away you go. What are you going to sing for us? We're going to do the Bob Dylan song, the one that you're, all your listeners will know. It's a song called Make You Feel my love When the wind is blowing in your face And the whole world is on your case I could offer you a warm embrace To make you feel my love When evening shadows fall and stars appear and there's no one there to dry your tears I could offer you a million years To make you feel my love I know you haven't made your mind up yet But I would never do you wrong I've known in the moment that we met There's no doubt in my mind where you belong I'd go hungry, I'd go black and blue And then falling down the avenue There is nothing that I wouldn't do Make you feel my love The storms are raging on the rolling seas And on the highways of regret The winds of change are blowing wild and free You ain't seen nothing like me yet I couldn't make you happy, make your dreams come true 
There's nothing that I wouldn't do Go to the ends of the earth for you To make you feel my love To make you feel my love To make you feel my Woo-hoo is all I can say. I am mesmerised. Mr Keane, if that's you under doctor's orders, what would it be like when that medication is all stripped away? Well, I'll tell you what it'll be like. You'll have to be in the Barbican on the 22nd of December to hear this man in person. We're back with more from Sean after news and weather at two. Yes, keep sending your messages. He's brilliant. He is. And uh, look at it. Your comments are wonderful. Jerry. oh, what a treat on late lunch this afternoon. The wonderful Sean Keane. Wish him well. And will you say hello or ask him to say hello to his sister, Dolores? Will you do that there for I Anne? certainly will. I certainly will. I'll be seeing her maybe later this evening or tomorrow. And I'll certainly pass on that. Message. Tell her the North East are asking for her. Are the tickets for this concert at Christmas time on, say, I'll remind you again, the concert is in the beautiful Barbican Theatre in Drogheda on Saturday the 22nd of December. Sean is there, St Peter's Male Voice Choir is special guest. And yes indeed, the tickets are on sale ticketweb.ie ticketweb.ie and I think they're around the town they are I'll tell you where they're in the Barbican you can get them in the Barbican if you'd like to book your seat there or the Westcourt Hotel they're available from there so there's plenty of opportunity to get the tickets snap them up I'm telling you it'll be the full house sign up there shortly I promise you tell me this we talked about your beautiful wife who you met and married in a whirlwind all those years ago she passed away all too soon, didn't she, Sean? Another whirlwind. Mm. Another whirlwind. But uh, of a different type. Uh, sadly, sadly she did. Uh, cancer uh, took her away. And sure, it's... it's um, what can you do, as they said? All you can do is deal with the, the care you're being dealt at the time. So mm. that's, that's, that's what we did. She passed on. Um, what can I say? I miss her terribly. And uh, she was a big part of my life. Uh, she was my best friend as well as my wife, and so uh, yeah, it's uh, it's. Um, but time is a healer, as they say, and I suppose during that time, you realise just how fickle life is, and uh, you don't know from one minute to the next uh, how it's going to go. You can make all the plans in the world. But uh, that doesn't mean that they're going to go. As they say, God, God laughs at everyone that makes a plan. <laughs> Every time you, may, you begin to make a plan, whatever the statement is. Yeah, 2010 it was. And, yeah. and at the time, you went to Brazil with her. Tell me about that experience you had. Uh, yeah, we went to Brazil when uh, she was diagnosed and it was terminal and everything else. And uh, the doctors basically said, well, there's no more we can do. A friend of ours... Um, made us aware of the existence of a man called John of God in a little place called Abijania in near Brasilia in Brazil. And there was a TV documentary shown by RTE about this man. Somebody had the number that was given out in RTE. Now, this was years later. And uh, they gave me the number. And they said, did you ever hear of John of God? And I said, no, I didn't hear. Well, there's your number, is the number. So I took the number and I put it into my pocket, not knowing anything else. Uh, a few days later, it was suggested again and again. So we made contact with the person over there or whose number we had. And about a week later, we found ourselves in this place with uh, an amazing man, is all I can say. I watched him do amazing stuff. 
There's a lot of stuff on him on YouTube of doing open operations without anaesthetic and so on. Uh, that is really only a show that he puts on if doctors or professors from all over the world come to investigate him all the time. So when he knows they're there, he put, brings the patients out onto a stage and he does open uh, surgeries for them, for the doctors or anybody who is questioning his ability. As he says, not his ability, God's ability. He says, like, I don't do anything. I don't even know what I'm doing. I know nothing about this, but God's working through me. I saw him do amazing things. Uh, Virginia and I went there a few times. Uh, People would say maybe we didn't get what we expected, which was obviously longevity in life is what we wanted. But that is not what we got. Maybe that's not necessarily what we were meant to have. Um, So I suppose I'm still trying to fathom that one out. But it, I got so much from it in dealing with her passing and watching and having conversations with her before she passed. I know that she got so much from it. It made the parting easier or something. There was more to it than kind of yes. the eye. But I have been back there since. Have you? So I have. And I would continue to go back maybe mm, every couple of years. It's if made I can. its mark for, for sure. Oh, it you? has. And mm. thousands of people come from all over the place uh, to, to visit this man. I've seen him do amazing work with people. Uh, as I say, anybody who's interested in it, John of God and Abijania in Brazil and YouTube is full of what he does. And uh, Yeah, yeah, an, an amazing story. And, and, and for you then, after uh, she passed and, and went away, uh, you had a time where you really didn't want to know about music, did you? You felt you didn't want to do it anymore. Is that fair? Well, I suppose... The wind had gone out of my sails. It's not really that I didn't want... Yeah, I suppose I didn't want to do it. She was so much... like She was my manager as well as my wife and best friend. So, like, she built my career. Or we built it together. So it's kind of... I thought, well, this is not mine to carry on with. And I kind of... I took to the garden and, yeah, I'd have brothers and sisters come around. Come on out. And I had no interest in going out. Because if you were out in a room with a crowd of people, there'd come a time of the night, I'd think... I'd be talking to somebody and the conversation would be going on, the music would be going on, and I think, oh, where's Virginia? Oh, she's not here. You know, that kind of a feeling. Mm. So I found it easier to hang out at home, as I say, work in the garden. I like my, my garden and my own veggies and all of the rest of it. I have a little um, workshop at home and that kept me occupied for a bit of time. I can do the bit of garden, but I couldn't even go near you on the construction work you've done <laughs> in your life on that workshop or anything, to yeah. be honest. But here's the thing. What got you going again? What finally... Gotcha. A realisation that the music is bigger than me. It has n- really nothing to do with me. When I actually analysed it and looked at it, I began singing before I even knew what singing was. And I kind of began to play before I kind of knew what music was, if you know what I mean. It was around me and I kind of pick up instruments and taught myself in a lot of cases. So I realised that the music comes from a very special place. And my job, I suppose, or my, the way I saw it, is this the gift I was given. And I was obviously given it to use it and to bring it and share it with other people. And that's what I set out in my life to do from then on. I thought, it's too valuable. Life is too valuable. And the, the world is so much of a beautiful place that I want to go and see it all mm. and bring my music to whoever wants to listen to it. So that is kind of what I thought I'm going to do. So I went at it, I suppose, with more enthusiasm, probably, than I have ever had before. For those those reasons. Do you feel of, she's with you? Oh, I do indeed, mm. yeah. And the time I'm feeling down, I feel getting the kick in the backside, you know? <laughs> <laughs> 
Come on, we didn't work all of those years to do this. <laughs> Get up. Oh, you know, you're such a fantastic guy. And look at look at the success as well. You know, you recorded a Christmas album. It's a staple. I have it here sitting beside me on the, on the table. Your greatest hits. That album, five years ago now, and it's still selling as strong it's as still ever. Selling Isn't well. it amazing? It is amazing. But I suppose there's three CDs in it. There's a... Fairly good representation of the music I would have been doing in all the previously recorded albums. So that, I suppose, people like it because they have 45 tracks to choose from and it, it's kind of, it's a good value pack, I suppose. Well, you've said to me that you're never alone. She's always with you. And you have so many friends and family and people in the music business as mm. well, always around you, Sean Keane. And having met you today for the first time, I ain't surprised. <laughs> <laughs> My pleasure, Charlie. Uh, listen, it's been that. great to have you and with you. us on Late Lunch today. And we're going to play out with the uh, first track from that Greatest Hits album. Do you want to introduce it yourself? Yeah, this is a song that was written by um, a band from America that most of your listeners, I'm sure, would be aware of, a band called Lady Antebellum. They played in Dublin, I think, back in November time. Uh, wonderful band. Actually, I think they're back again later on this year in Dublin. But uh, I heard this song in Nashville in a place that we play over there called McNamara's. And uh, Paula is uh, no stranger to this part of the country. She comes from around here. Right. And uh, it, was, it was a song that was sung by Colm Kerwin. Uh, he'd be Dominic Kerwin's son. And Colm was working in the music business in Nashville. One night, a bunch of musicians came in from around Nashville, friends, and we were having a session afterwards, and there was a couple there who said, oh, it's our anniversary, please play a request. Colm says, I'm going to sing a song for your request, and this is the song he sang. As soon as he finished singing it, it had grabbed me by the heart. I said, Colm, I need to know about this song. About three weeks later, I had it recorded. And a song, song called Never Alone. Never Alone, yeah. on the Greatest Hits album. 22nd of December, Saturday, The Barbican. He won't be alone. He's going to have so many people around him. It's going to be packed out there. Tickets from TicketWeb.ie, the Westcourt Hotel and the Barbican. Sean Keane for the moment. Thank you for joining me on the show. And uh, thank you for the songs today. And here it is from his greatest hits, Never Alone. protect you, trouble neglect you, and heaven expect you, when it's time to go home, may you always have plenty, your glass never empty, and oh, in your belly, you'll never go. May your tears come from laughing, fine friends worth having, with every year passing, they're worth more than gold, may you when but stay humble, smile more than grumble, and oh, when you stumble, you're never alone.
As much as I want it, I'm not going to promise. The cold winds won't blow, so when hard times have found you, your fears around you, wrap my love around you, you're never alone. Motors Drogheda. Renault 191 pre-order sales event is now on until Saturday, December 1st. Pre-order your 191 Renault today and avail of low APR finance, cashback and three-year servicing. See BlackstoneMotors.ie Did you hear the news? Hurling and camogie have been added to UNESCO's list of protected cultural activities around the world. Am I one bit surprised? Not on your life. Isn't it the greatest field sport of all? There's nothing to touch it. There really isn't. And what an accolade it is for the ancient game. I'm joined on late lunch this afternoon on the line by John Duffy. He's the PRO of St Anne's Camogie Club in Toher County Louth. Hello, John. How are you keeping, Jerry? I'm keeping very well. Well, what do you make of this? Well, sure. Look, Jerry, it's 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 great news for the sport, both both hurling and camogie. Um, it's it's I suppose international recognition of of the great game that we all know it to be. Mm. And UNESCO, you normally talk about them talking about protected buildings or ancient structures, but there's obviously a category here that this comes in under. Did you know this was happening? You know, you people at the ground, on the ground level, at the roots of the sport. Well, like like a lot of your listeners, Jerry, I woke up to it this morning uh, early, and um, I suppose there was there was a lot of activity on our WhatsApp groups on our Facebooks. Uh, about it, great great excitement in the club uh, generally uh, about it. So it it um, it's great to uh, see that a, a, a UN body has, I suppose, uh, appreciated uh, the sport that, that we've all we've all appreciated for 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 quite a while. You know. Yeah, and when so you it, operate, John, in County Louth, you know it's it's not the easiest county in the world to be a camogie player or a hurler. Being honest, is it? Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ 
the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Uh, it's not, Jerry, but uh, I suppose in our own part of the world, um, you know, many many of your listeners will, will have heard of Cúhollán, and I suppose True. Uh, it's, uh, it, it goes back to, to, to then in our part of the world. Um, which which is probably further back than, than in most areas of the country. Uh, so I suppose there, there is a long history there. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I accept that uh, uh, the number of clubs in the area wouldn't possibly be as strong as it, it, it should be. But we would hope that this recognition will help to uh, will help to. Uh, put that right. Yeah, encourage more people to sit up and take notice. You make a very good point there, may I say, about the ancient connection with County Loud and of course the puck fodder every year is such a huge thing and unique in its own right as well, John. Well, again, the the, the All Ireland Puck Father is held on on Annaverna annually yep. in, in August, and um, again, we, we we do get uh, uh, hurlers and and uh, hurlers of, of, of both genders uh, on the Cooley Mountains there in uh, you know tor- towards the end of the summer mm. uh, every year. So you know some of the some of the some of the, the best hurlers in the country uh, do come up to visit us uh, on occasion. Did you know this, that in announcing this as UNESCO listed and protected, that the government now of the country is obliged to keep the game alive, ensuring respect for it and to raise awareness about its importance? That's nice to hear as well, isn't it? It's fantastic, Jerry. Like uh, I suppose where, where I come from, you know, I, I I've done a little bit of research, and I I, I did uh, I suppose find out today that that Ireland had signed up to the um, the Convention for Safeguarding of of Intangible Culture back in 2015, and it's it's great to see that our our, our wonderful game, I suppose, has been recognised so quickly. The game uh, where you are, St Anne's is a well-known uh, club. You've been there a long, long time. It's been a bastion for Camogie in the Wee County, hasn't it? Well, for sure, Jerry. Uh, St Anne's itself is there since since around 1964. But um, I suppose uh, there are there are many who formed that club who had been had been playing away before that. Um, I suppose St Anne's as a club has has Leinster Championships to its name. 
county championships to its name and would have had uh, seven or eight players on the um, All-Ireland winning team in 1982. Mm. So, uh, yeah, certainly a strong club for sure. I'm delighted personally, I have to say, because in all of the field sports, and I I love all sports, I have to say, and enjoy watching them all, but is there anything to touch uh, the skill with the slither and the come on and the pace it's played at? And it's such a, a unique sport, I think, isn't it, in the world? Absolutely, Jerry, and you know, I suppose you can see that amongst, I suppose, our own players, whether mm. they be juveniles, under 16s, senior players. They they generally carry a little bit of a swagger because they have got the grasp of this such a skillful game. Yeah, uh, that. Uh, to be fair is not easily picked up but as they say practice makes perfect absolutely uh, so absolutely. It, 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 it's great um, the, I suppose this event today is, is will, will, will hopefully raise awareness that, that we're there and you know anyone that's willing to learn more, the doors are always open they are indeed John nice to talk to you today enjoy your day in the sun and many days beyond this as well thank you for taking our call here's to it thanks Jerry. take care John Duffy there PRO of St Anne's Camogie Club Toher County Louth well well known club and congratulations to everybody involved in hurling and the great job the GAA has done with the game uh, in recent times because it is the number one game in the GAA you can say what you like at the minute the old football they do a little bit more with all them rules but hurling rules supreme in my book anyway. It's the time of year when calendars arrive and I have to say an absolute beautiful calendar arrived on my desk and it's by Indigo Artists and it got us curious who are Indigo Artists? Who are the women who produced these lovely images and have reproduced them in this 2019 calendar? Well we're going to find out today because I'm joined on late lunch by the Anns, Anne Matthews and Anne Summers. You're both very welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me. And Matthews, if we could start with yourself. Yes. 15 years ago, Indigo began. Tell us about that or who was involved? What happened? About 15, around 2003, a group came together who wanted to paint and share ideas and support each other. So they formed the group Indigo Artists and it group meets on a Monday in Julianstown from 10 until 1 and starts in September until May and it's all, uh, it's very good and in the summer then they have plan air days out painting or go to different exhibitions in Dublin. So really it's a club for artists. Is oh yes. That's basically yes. what it is. Who formed it? Who was there? Were you there the, at the very beginning? No, I wasn't at the first or second meeting. It was a group of ladies from Eastmead generally and uh, they're too many to name because it forgets okay. some names maybe. Yeah. And they came together just to paint and that started from there and it began and has continued. And, and, you know, being an artist yourself and you have a lovely uh, painting in this calendar, you know where artists generally work on their own or they have a workshop or a space in their house where they do their painting and that when you come into a collective what does that mean is is, is it strength in numbers oh yes definitely and uh, we share ideas and we also support each other that if you see something maybe that could be enhanced or even to just praise each other's work it's great and then we have our cup of tea at 11 and it's a chance to have a chat and catch up it's nearly like a little social group for the because we look after each other as well. Do you paint in any particular genre? Is it watercolours? Are there oils? What? 
all the artists have their own particular choice medium. I myself paint in oils and loves the acrylics and um, the, uh, the variety adds to the whole all, uh, yes, gender. I know what you mean. It's a lovely yeah. uh, mix and gather of different yes. styles and genres that are uh, in the group and, yes. and, and appear on the calendar as well. Um, is it something that gets in on you that, you know, you, you, you really love to be part of and that you wouldn't miss on, you know, coming together, this coming together of everybody? Oh, definitely. Definitely. It's a great turnout every Monday. Most mm. of the group are able to be there for the group meeting. How many have you? There are 12. Okay. Oh, so that just fits lovely with the calendar. Yes. So each member has an image in this calendar this year. Yes, that's right. But I hope you don't ever get a 13th member. We'll <laughs> <laughs> <Be a> leap you. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do? Add another month of the year? <laughs> we'll leave that for another day. You have you have your 12 at the moment. Let me bring Anne Summers into the conversation. Anne, lovely to see you. Thank you for joining us on Late Lunch this afternoon. Tell us about you. How long are you painting? Um, I joined the group uh, six years ago and um, I'm really enjoying it. And as I said, the group, it really does motivate you and, you know, gets you enthusiastic about painting. And it encourages you all yeah. the time. So yeah, so all, all that we've been talking about already. And, and, and did you start or were you painting before you came to Indigo? Um, I loved it from a, an early age. Okay, and so I, you've always done this. Yes, I've, well, not always. I kind of, as I grew up then and went to work, I kind of Left had a gap, had a gap for a while. Yep. And then in the last six years, I decided I'd take it up again. I went, joined Indigo, which was fantastic because that really motivated me yeah and it just went on from there and you do one painting and if you sell one it just encourages you to do more <laughs> and uh, it's very enjoyable that way tell me this what's uh, acrylic all about explain that i understand and most people think understand watercolors what is acrylic yeah well i use a lot of acrylic now myself i like it um, i like to work with it. some people don't um i just find I also work with oils, but I find with working with acrylics, um, they dry a little bit quicker and you can kind of move on with them. Yes. And um, you do have to build them up a little bit to get what you want. Mm. But it's what I like. So yours would be a little more free-flowing than than the oils, yes? Is that the difference in the two? Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. And the oils, uh, as with the acrylics, you can go back over them. And I find the oils, they blend the different colours into each other much easier. I think I'd put the price of oil through the roof if I was painting. I'd need to use that Mm. much to cover my uh, mistakes or errors, to be honest with you. Now, Anne Summers, you are Miss November, if you don't mind me saying in the calendar this year. You're looking really good, let me say. <laughs> you have an image of St. Lawrence's Gate. Yes, yes. That was um, an old photograph I came across. It was a black and white photograph. And what I liked about it was that um, you could actually see the viaduct in the background, mm. which is unusual, really, because um, it's, it's it, I just caught my eye because you can actually see two drawer um Landmarks, yes, in, in the, the one, one. Pic- in the one and, picture, and you painted that from an actual picture that was taken, I, was it? From an old black and white, right? Yeah, I had to use my imagination now with the colours. Now, when you think of that in today's technology, with a drone or something, you, you, you could imagine that yes, image. You know yeah. what I mean? But back then, in a black and white, yes, I, I, I reckon it was taken from top of the roof and on the top of Lawrence Street. Yes, somewhere and lo- like that. Looking across, yes, that you could actually take in the. Viaduct. Yeah, it's beautiful and, and lovely proportions in it between the gate and the viaduct in the background as well and the River Boyne flowing along there. The colours in it are vibrant, aren't they? 
Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. Well, I kind of had it for like night time in the dark and I reckon the lights from the street lights were lighting up Lawrence yes, Gate. on the gate itself. And um, and of course it's in the news now. I see you didn't close the gate, but it is closed because it wasn't closed at no, that time. No. When that <laughs> picture was actually taken. Yes, yeah. Yeah, I see yeah, that as yeah. well. It's, it's as it was years ago. Yeah. <laughs> but, and um, did you set out to paint this for this calendar or had you got it in your repertoire? No, I didn't actually set out because we only decided on the calendar there in November, say, you know. Okay. And I, I just had, it is a new painting I only did this year. Yes. So I had it done for another exhibition. Right. So because it's a recent painting, I just decided, well, I'll use this and for the calendar it. and include it. Yeah. Is this your first calendar? Is this the group's first time ever to produce a calendar? Yes, that's My right. God. It's our first time. It's to commemorate our 15 years painting together. Together. Really. So it's even more historic, yes. this calendar. Yes. Let me find Miss August. The other Anne is Miss August. When <laughs> we have a look at this, I can't wait to turn the pages here to see what we have here. I've had a look at it already, I have to be honest. Now, now, now. This is really, really beautiful, I have to say. Um, So you are August. Explain Chianti time, you call it. Uh, Because the bottle is a Chianti bottle. (laughs) It is. I would have got in the pizzeria in Peter Street when it was there years ago and I used it as a still life subject and that's why I called it Chianti time. So did you construct that? Yes. Because there's, uh, is that apples in it? There's grapes in it? There's the bottle and the glass of wine. Did you set that up on a table? On a table and photographed it. And you took a picture, was that it then? Yes, and then would paint it at leisure because the fruit wouldn't last if I Mm. left it sitting for the time it takes to paint it. How long would it take to paint that? Well, you'd do certain layers and then you'd come back again and you'd let it dry a certain amount. And then, um, I suppose, about a week on and off to do it. Would it? To yes, get that it complete. Would. It's beautiful, isn't it? Yes, what do you think, other Anne? You better comment oh, on that. I, I absolutely love it. Um, Anne is fantastic at doing still lifes mm. and um, she gets that glass you'd actually you'd actually <laughs> think you could put your hand into the picture yes take the glass and the grapes, out and have the grapes it, are you know it, look so you? real yes oh, they I think really it's, do it's, it's look brilliant yeah. they're brilliant yeah. I want to head to a short break don't go anywhere and I want to talk to you more Indigo Artists the first calendar to mark 15 years in existence it's beautiful and I have the two Anne's with me Matthews and Summers and we'll talk more in a moment's time and Matthews and Anne Summers are with me from Indigo Artists 15 years in the go brand new calendar for 2019 and I want to wish Patricia Daly and Emer O'Reilly Gilner well they were to be with you ladies but the old flu is yes. making its way around we wish them a speedy recovery let's talk about uh, the installation piece and Matthews of Peter Street and I have it here beside me explain to listeners what is this it's a view of Peter Street that we compiled by some one of the group took a photograph of Peter Street after the flower, where you can see the window boxes are in bloom. Mm. And um, it was decided to section it up into 20 small canvases, the picture. And each person did two canvases. And it they didn't have a choice in what pictures they got. They were turned upside down and they picked them. And as you can see by the picture, there's the different styles of acrylic and mediums, acrylics and oils. And then they were put together on the board and it gives the effect that you're looking through a window at Peter Street. Yes, it's absolutely brilliant. So two sections each done there by a different artist in a different style. Yes. And yet when I hold it up there and we all look at it, it comes together as a 
single view yes. of Peter Street, looking down from the top of the street with Clarks on your right hand side. <laughs> and uh, the window boxes. Uh, yes, and the window boxes there. It looks. Who came up with that idea? It was a, a group idea. You was know, it? Yeah, yeah. We yeah. were planning to do something to commemorate being 15 years together. Mm. And uh, we thought three projects for Christmas. There was that, the calendar, and then the little miniature paintings. I'm going to talk about the miniatures yes. in a moment. So is that one image now? Has that all been brought together in one yes, image? it's on that there now. Who owns it? The group owns it. And we're is hoping, it for sale? Yes, it is for sale. <laughs> and we're hoping to show it around the town in public venues, say maybe the library or the yes. bank or the tourist office. Mm. And uh, we're, we're pleased with it ourselves anyway, and it is for sale. Well, if I was somebody in business in town, and especially in that area of town, I'd be very keen to get my hands on that, because that is certainly a one-off, unique piece. Now, also sitting on the table here in front of us, and Anne Summers is going to tell me about this, um, uh, are miniatures. What, what are these, Anne? Well, uh, we decided again for to mark our anniversary. It was to maybe do mini-art. And... Um, we have three in the gallery now with branches and it's a Christmas idea as well. So we have all these little mini on the easels, as yes. you can see. It's a mini easel with a miniature painting on each easel. Yes. And they're actually painted. They're all hand painted, yes, yes. I know, I was amazed myself when, when they asked us, look, everybody do a little painting on a three by two canvas. I said, oh my God, what can you put on a three by two canvas? And I was amazed what how they can turn out. <laughs> They're absolutely dinky, if you don't mind me saying. And the detail in them. Yes, yes, it's yes. It's brilliant, isn't it? Yes, yes. Um, we use little brushes and tedious, but I, enjoyable it, it to do. tedious. I see the Tholsel there in one of them, Lawrence's Gate again, the viaduct, all the, the landmarks and the little cottage. Where is that little cottage? Um, that's one of Emer's. That's um, Leighton. Leighton, OK. Interesting. And I see, I'm looking here myself, at the tree in your exhibition in Lawrence Street as well, the way they would hang off uh, your Christmas tree as well. They're lovely. And and are these for sale? Yes, they're all uh, affordable prices. Okay, and, and, and are they one-offs or are there, have you multiple copies of these? Well, they're one-offs at the moment, but I suppose they're a the type of thing you could repeat, but they're never going to be no. exactly the same. Yeah, of course. You of know. course. So you are buying something unique yes. to you when you buy this and you'll have it forever more, yes. men, and, and nobody else will have one of them. They're just a nice little souvenir. They're lovely. To send on to your loved ones away from yeah, home, you know, yeah. a little reminder of, say, if it's drawed, or we have we have a selection of, we have flowers, we have yes. other little scenes as well besides drawed. And I see the fiddle and the bow and uh, the flower in mind, I'm sure, with that one there as well, you know. Yes, it's yes. brilliant, be, so it is. They'd be good for the flower. I, I, I think you're such talented girls, to be honest with you, all 12 of you. So do the numbers, like, I'm curious about this, you say you have 12 and that suited the calendar. Do... People come and go, or is it a fairly solid 12 that you have? No, the people come and go. Uh, people take um, career breaks, maybe, and cultural family, or go and uh, maybe on to teach art, or then there's other people that join just for a short time. It suits, and then there's other people just relocate around the country. Mm. So it does it up, up and down, but mm. 12 is fairly nice number at the moment. Yes. yes. Yeah. Are you open to new members, or is it sort of a closed shop at 12? 
yourselves? Well, we know we probably we have one or two new members, one or two kind of departed yes. this year, but we're open again to another. Okay. Yeah, we would be open to new yeah. members. Yeah. Now, where are you based? Where are Indigo? Where uh, Lawrence Centre? Is that your home in Drogheda? No, no uh, that's where we have the use the of the gallery space. Okay. Uh, we are based in Julianstown, St Mary's Parish rooms, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Julianstown, and that's where we've been for the last fifteen years on okay. a Monday morning, right, from ten to one, and. Uh, from September to May. Okay, yeah. and if anyone wanted to drop along there, they're welcome to come in and see what you do there yes. on, on the Mondays yes. from yes. 10 o'clock yes. to come in and say hello if you're interested. I think the prerequisite is you must be able to paint. That's Yes, <laughs> and, and want to be part of the group. Yes, and, and it's not for beginners or anything like that. You need to be painting already and, and you're joining a group that are established as well. So in the Lawrence Centre, this exhibition that you have in your gallery, is that open all of the time or weekends or what? Tuesday to Saturday uh, from 11 to 4 but coming up to Christmas now we'll be opening every day and a bit longer in the evenings. Okay and where are you which level are you on there? We're on the lower ground floor beside Shaw's. Oh well there's a landmark if ever there was one there'd be no bother finding you there. Um, Do you Still life you did, uh, and Matthews, in in the calendar here. Is that your speciality? I particularly like doing still life and flowers. Okay, and what about the other Anne? I would be more local art. Yeah. Historical art. Yes, that would be me, I think, yeah. Hmm. And most of your work is done at home. You obviously have a place where you paint in in your homes and then you meet on on that day as well. What about, you mentioned you go outside summertime. Do you travel or is it in the local area you go? Yes, we would travel. We could go to each other gardens and have a day painting or go to um, say uh, Old Bridge or uh, Malafont and have a day painting Set there. up there? Yes. And away you go? Yes. Mm-hmm. And you just get cracking and put something together? Yes. That's right. And uh, the beach either. Is yeah, so you know, there's yeah. plenty of lovely places around yes. here, isn't yeah. it? To go yeah. and visit and, and, and record images of as well. So how long, how long are you at this, Anne? I'd be at this for at least 15 years anyway. Yes. And mm. uh, I retired from work early to paint full time. Did you? Yes. Isn't that interesting? So you're doing something you absolutely Want love do. now, do yes. you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you dabbled at it when you were working as well. I would have, yes. yes. Yeah, and the other aunt told us she was at it and came back to it and went away from it and back to it and you're really back. Yes, yes. Like yeah. now, well, I kind you? of I come from a family of painters as well, so it's in the McCarthy family, my own family, you know. So oh, right. I think that's where I got it from. <laughs> who, 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 who in the previous generations? Well, my father. My father now was very good. What was his name? Uh, Tommy McCarthy. Right. Yeah. And they were a family of painters. Yeah. So I think I got that from him from an early age. Yes, so there <laughs> yes, you are. Yeah. Of course it's through the veins. Anyway, the calendar available from the exhibition at the Lawrence Centre as well. Right. And if you drop into Julianstown, you'll get them there as well. They'd adorn any house and make the new year brighter, may I say. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for joining me <laughs> on thank the you, show Jerry. today. Continued success and keep painting. It's absolutely beautiful. But for the moment, Anne Matthews and Anne Summers, thank you for joining me. Thank you. Very thank much. you, Jerry. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drogheda. Renault 191 pre-order sales event is now on until Saturday, December 1st. Pre-order your 191 Renault today and avail of low APR finance, cashback and three-year servicing. See blackstonemotors.ie.
They're only a stone's throw from where I sit at the moment. Yes, I'm talking about St. Oliver's Community College. It really is a wonderful school and they're trailblazers in many ways. And yesterday brought another wonderful accolade to the school. They were awarded a yellow flag. Now, we're going to find out what it's all about. But I'm joined on the show today by Miss Shauna Mulligan, a teacher from the school. Ibrahim Alaga is here, Emer Collins and Hilary Ogboy is with me as well. You're all very welcome to the show this afternoon afternoon. Shona Mulligan, if I could start with yourself, will you tell me or tell our listeners, what is Yellow Flag? So the Yellow, the yellow Flag pro- programme is, is an initiative aimed for the promotion and celebration of interculturalism and diversity. Um, it's an eight-step programme to ensure that certain criteria are met and implemented. Okay, so the school have set out on this road when? When was it introduced to the school? When did you start working on it? Well, we started working on it from last September. Okay. So, uh, the start of this ap- academic year, this this year at the moment. No, no the previous yeah, year. The All previous right. Year. So, there's been a, a full academic year, and now you're nearly at the end of this term, the second yeah. term of this one, 1819. Um, and, and the idea of it, what? Is to promote diversity and inclusion. Is that it? Uh, yeah, because our school, it's very culturally diverse. And I just felt that it was something that would have really benefited the school. The it school itself. Really positive impact on how, it. how many students have you over there? Over 1,300. And they're from every corner of the world. I yes. know that because I see yes. them bailing in there every morning, running in to get into classes on time and certainly running to get out of as well when it's over, I know. And that'll be shortly for them. Um, so so how, what format did this take? How, how did you work through this? Well, we're given eight steps that we have to work through. Okay, and have you got those? Are they listed there? Did you? No, you haven't got them yet, but there are eight steps, yes, yeah. involved in this. Okay, and you had to work through those, right through the whole lot of them. Yeah. And do you involve all the students in the school? Well, we get a committee together, a diversity committee together, yeah. and they do most of the work. Okay. We had to, had to give out questionnaires for parents and students, look at it and see what we needed to change in the school. So parents are involved in this yeah. as well. Teachers? Yep. Yeah. And students. Yes. So it's a holistic approach from absolutely everybody. Um, 1,300 and so many nationalities as well. Let's talk to the students and, and see what they make of it and, and, and what they had to do to take part of it. Ibrahim Alaga, you're welcome to Late Lunch this afternoon. Thank you for joining me. Um, what, what, what was your part in this? What did you do? Well, as well, as a student, I was part of the diversity committee. And as the part of the diversity committee, we had to go around and try and spread the word for people to show them that that does very multiple different nationalities in our school and they should all be treated fairly and the same. That we shouldn't judge someone based on their nationality, but we should accept all of them for who they are and what they do. And did you experience uh, being treated differently because of who you are? I didn't re- I didn't really because the yellow flag has helped me has helped people get over that. And as a person myself, I was able to meet with people in our school who are very nice and open minded about things like this. Our school has a lot of people like that. And the yellow flag helped reinforce that mindset into everyone. Where are you from? What, what, where do you call home? Where's your home country? Well, my parents were born in Nigeria, but yes. I was born in Ireland. So OK, so you home. were an Irishman. Yeah. And uh, you've gone to school here then through the primary school system before you went into uh, St. Oliver's. Yeah. What what year are you in in St. Oliver's? For TY. Okay. Fourth year. Are you enjoying TY? Yeah, it's really fun. And do you have to do it in St. Oliver's? Is it compulsory? The yellow flag? No, the, the TY year. 
No, it's not compulsory. Oh, so you've opted in for it as well. Okay, interesting here. Um, through primary school, before you came to St. Oliver's and in your life, do you are you ever treated unfairly or differently? When I was in primary school, I felt treated like a bit apart from other people. But when I got into secondary school, that is it's like a completely closed... Like, the, like people in the school and also the Yellow Flag program has helped us break that boundary between all of us. And you found St. Oliver's a very accepting school, yes. an open community of students. Yeah. Great to hear that. Emer Collins, you're welcome to Late Lunch. It's good to see you this afternoon. Are you delighted you're missing class? <laughs> yeah. <so. laughs> Listen, thank you for dropping in to us. What about this programme? We heard what Ibrahim had to say there. Was yours a similar experience or how did you get involved with this? I got involved through the student leader program and I wanted to do something different that I would never do so I got involved in the committee and I helped set up different projects around the school with okay. the help of Miss Mulligan. And what type of projects? Give me an example of one. I went round to the different classes and asked them to put a dot on a map from when, from where they or their parents are originally from. Right. And we put it up on a board. Okay, and I take it because I said it earlier on, there's lots of dots in lots of places yeah. around the world, yes, yeah. for sure. There's 43 different yes. nationalities, so yeah. it's from everywhere. Are, are you from, you're Irish? I am, Are yeah. you from the Drogheda area? I'm from Dalik. All right, so you're, so. you're, you're from the area here. Yeah. What about this from your perspective? Have you ever seen Irish people treating people who've come to live here and been part of the communities and our schools differently? I haven't, but... That's because of the work of the yellow flag and just the okay. school itself. So really within the school, this is really, really good, really positive. Yeah. It's it's really helping, is it? Yeah, definitely. But would you agree with Ibrahim what he said a moment ago, that from his experience from he came to the school, it's a very good school anyway. You're just building on a good foundation. Yeah. Is that fair to say? Yeah, definitely. What does it mean yesterday that you're selected to be, how many secondary schools, four did we say, were just four secondary schools in the country received this yellow flag, St. Oliver's the one. Was this a great boost for you? Yeah, it was definitely a great boost. Everyone's happy, are they? Yeah. Even definitely. today you can feel it in the school, can you? Yeah. Let me bring in a lady I spotted. The reason that we're doing this today is because I spotted you on RTE News last night. Am I right, Hilary? You were on the news, were you on RTE? Yeah. It was you. I thought it was you all right that I saw. You're very welcome to late lunch. Thank um, you. Tell me, I, I know you were interviewed last night. What Has this made in your book a real difference on the ground in the school day to day? Yeah, I really do feel like that it has made a big difference because like when I first came to the school, I was I, I never really noticed like the amount of people, the amount of nationalities that were around us. And the Yellow Flag program has made me realize that we are surrounded by like loads of nationalities. And the fact that people used to hide their nationality and they, they would never embrace it. The Yellow Flag program has made that made us more aware and made people want to embrace their culture and where they come from and their tradition and everything about their country and more like they want to show it off rather than hide it. Mm. Are are you an Irish citizen? Yeah, I was born here. Okay, and your parents' home country is where? My mom is from Nigeria, my dad's from America. Okay, so you have, uh, you know, interesting perspectives from the States and the African continent as well. Um, do you mix, uh, you know, I, I, you know, you can talk about this yellow flag and what it does, inclusion and diversity. Yeah. Is school society inclusive? Do you mix with your Irish friends and your American friends and people from all over the world? Does that happen? Yes, it really does. And especially since the yellow flag program came in, 
people have been more aware and they rather like mix around with people from other nationalities rather than staying in their own ethnic group at like for example lunchtime rather than them staying with their own people they'd actually mix and like people and it was better because people would learn new like words in other languages and they they teach you something spanish and learn something in russian and that would really help people yeah yeah because we have a lot of spaniards and you're right uh, from eastern europe as well Here's the big question. OK, the school is great and congratulations to you all with the yellow flag and what's happening. Tell me this. Can you bring this with you to your communities where you live, to society in general? Do you think this is the way this will feed out? Yes, I actually do feel like this would actually not only stay within a school, that because the parents are also involved, that um, the parents can also be more aware about the nationalities that surround them in general, in society, in the community as well. And I feel like they'd they'd also want to talk to people from other countries and want to know more just because the their stu- their children from the school like know that and they tell their parents and the parents that are also invo- involved will also tell their friends and that's how it would go on and just keep going. Yes yeah. and, and it's great that everybody's bought uh, you know has bought into this. Emer, did you want to say something there to me no? Yeah. No, but Emer, t- come back to me while while I, while I am talking to you here. Um take up on that point there that I, I mentioned to Hillary. It goes beyond the school. This is, you, you can see this being really beneficial, yes? Yeah, even at like the parent-teacher meetings or open night, you can see all the different people from different nationalities introducing like their friends to their parents and they might learn something from each mm. other. Mm. And, and and back to Ibrahim, um, this thing of mixing within the school, you know, that you don't all stay together and do your own thing. How important is it to you, your culture and the heritage of your parents from home, from their home? It's really important to me, but like when I can talk about it freely to my friends, thanks to the Yellow Flag program, like it's more of a tint, like people can talk about their own country, their nationalities as something they can take really good pride in. That's not something to be ashamed of. Something they can set, help, held their head up high yes. and be able to talk to all their friends about it and their friends who like listening about it. And, and are others curious, as Hilary was saying there, to find out more about, you know, where you come from? Or Have you visited? Have you been back home to Nigeria? Yeah, once. OK. Are people curious to find out more about who you are and what you're about and your cultures? Yeah, when I talk to people about it, they always ask me questions. Mm, which is really, really good and another way... Hey, Shauna, you should be so proud of these guys you've brought here to me today. They're fantastic, aren't they? Yeah, no, we at St. Oliver's Community College are extremely proud of the achievement yeah. from the diversity community. Yeah, you can They've see it an and, 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 and really feel it as well and, and understand what they're saying to us today uh, about how good it is. Where does this go from here? How, how can you build, Hilary, I'll bring you back in on this one, how can you build further on this? Where do you see the extension of this going? I feel like it will go far and because like it's not like uh, for me example I'm in fifth year mm. and when I'm in sixth year I'm going to try as well and work like with the diversity committee but when I leave like we're also going to educate the next generation and they're also going to do the same and we expect that because that's the way we're, the that's the way that's what the yellow flag program has taught this taught the school and yeah that's like I really feel like it will yes pass down and keep going mm. and it will get better and better and 
everyone would be accepting. Yes, yeah. and this, uh, back to Sean, is something now that the school has bought into here for good. This is just not for a period of time over the length of this programme. This is now inculcated into the ethos of the school forever going forward, yes? Yes, and we'll have to renew the yellow flag every three years. So oh, it's I a see. Renewal process. So it's, it's just, just not uh, yeah. a given or taken for granted. Yeah. And, and, and just one other thing that crossed my mind. I take it you're, you meet these eight criteria and then there's an assessment and it's probably stringent enough before. They've only given four out in the country. Yes. Yeah, yes. and that, that was a tough part of it as well. Well, listen, I just wanted to bring it to the attention uh, of as many people as we could today because it is a wonderful, wonderful achievement. And I love it, I have to say. I think it's fantastic. Congratulate, uh, congratulations to you all uh, for uh, this wonderful achievement. And thank you especially to the, those who've come to us today. Ibrahim Alaga, Imer Collins, uh, Miss Shauna Mulligan, who's uh, been driving this in the school, and Hilary Ogboe. Thank you very much indeed for joining me on the show. That's a lot on late lunch for this uh, Thursday afternoon. Final show of the week tomorrow, two to three. Brace yourselves. It's Women With Opinions and we have lots to chat about with the girls tomorrow. Have a lovely evening. See you one thirty Friday. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drogheda. Venno 191 pre-order sales event is now on until Saturday, December 1st. Pre-order your 191 Renault today and avail of low APR finance, cashback and three-year servicing. See blackstonemotors.ie. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.